What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to Afonso Productions Podcast, a place to engage in conversations that will help you to create a legacy, empower yourself and others, and most importantly, to grow your empire. I am your host, Miss Fadzo in the building, aka Rope Fadzo Mungwari, and today... Ladies and gentlemen, today we will be talking about dating in the 21st century because it is the ghetto out here in these streets. So get yourself a coffee, get yourself a tea, a snack, and let's get into today's podcast. So you guys, I haven't been here for a hot second, so welcome back. How you doing? How's life been treating you? How is the pandemic treating you? Let me know down in the comment section of this podcast. Anyway, so today we are talking about dating in the 21st century, and I've made that title very intentional because... I have started dating again, and when I tell you guys that it has been an adventure and a whirlwind of emotions, I can't even begin to explain. Like, when I say that, it's an understatement for the experience I've actually experienced. Okay, so let me give you guys a little bit of a dating history so that you understand where I'm coming from when I'm saying this whole dating in the 21st century thing is not for the faint of heart, it is not for the weak of spirit and mind. It is for the strong-willed and the ones who have endurance. Wow, I'm really making it so extra. But, okay, I'll give you guys a bit of a dating history. So, I think in terms of like an official boyfriend-boyfriend, I think I had my first official-official boyfriend in grade school. I want to say I had like a, what I would call a situationship now when I was like super, super young. I had a guy who we had siblings that we played together and we were boyfriend and girlfriend, but I don't think it was like an official relationship kind of thing. I don't count that as a relationship. Um, But my first relationship that I actually like I'm aware of, I think I was in grade six. So you're around like 11, 12, around that time. That was like my first official relationship, which also gave me my first official heartbreak because that guy took my heart, ripped it out of my chest and stomped on it with his big shoes or small shoes. I don't quite remember. But um, yeah, so that relationship ended a very miserable death. And for the first time, I understood what love was, but I also understood what heartbreak was. Um, And if you guys want a story time about what exactly happened with that, I'm going to be doing a series in February called Single on Valentine's Day. Um, And we can talk more about that. I'm not saying I'm going to be single on Valentine's Day. I don't want to block my blessing, but we're going to do a series on the podcast and the youtube channel called single on valentine's day and maybe just maybe we might have an event so i'll tell you guys more details in the future so i digress back to dating so after high school uh after primary school i'm sorry i leave and i go into high school and obviously when you're in high school you're just exploring yourself as an individual you're learning to find things that you like who do you like what do you like about them um and you're kind of just dating just to date to be honest and i think when i was in high school specifically 
I dated people because I felt like I was under pressure to date them. Like, if you like me, why wouldn't why wouldn't I want to date you? At least that was what was happening at the beginning. I just liked the idea of being in a relationship. It was like the cool thing back then. Everybody wanted to be in a relationship. Everybody wanted to be booed up with somebody. Um, and so I got into a lot of like unnecessary relationships that I don't regret because they definitely taught me a lot about myself within relationships but also taught me a lot about boundaries um and flirting and just being fun and spontaneous um so I don't regret it at all but they also left some scars um that I now as an adult have to really dig into and make sure I'm I'm really taking care of those wounds and making sure that they heal in a in a really healthy way so that's a little bit of my dating experience. Uh, just outside of high school, I was in a really long-term relationship. I think that lasted like three or four years. Uh, really loved the guy, just like fully in love. But I think we just got to a point where we were going separate ways and we were all trying to figure out who we were as individuals while trying to figure out what we wanted in the relationship. And it just ended up not working out. Um, and I'm sure there's more to it than that, but I don't feel like going into it right now. So, um, again, that's something we can explore and maybe I could even invite him to the podcast and see if he's willing to be interviewed. Um, so let me know if that's something that you guys would be interested in. Um, so after high school, I came to university and I had a bit of like a small spurt of a relationship at the beginning uh, not at the beginning of university, but like towards the end of first year. And that relationship ended over the summer of first year. And then I went into a situationship for, I think, a little bit of second year. And then after that, I was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm over this. I can't do relationships anymore. This is long. This is too much effort. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't be bothered. No, I'm done. So I took a little bit of a break. I took a season of singleness to just really figure out what it is that I really want in a relationship, figure out like who I am outside of being attached to another human being. And so I really was intentional about understanding like, who am I? Like in this moment, in this time, who am I? And really being intentional about loving the person I am today not just loving the person I'm becoming. I think sometimes you're trapped in this cycle where you almost fall in love with an idea of yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, I would be so pretty if I lost like X, Y, Z pounds. Or you only give yourself like compliments and hype yourself up when you have makeup on and you have heels and a cute outfit. Um, I was beginning to learn that I needed to be complimenting myself when I didn't have a full face of makeup and I wasn't looking, you know, drop dead gorgeous, you know, out here in these streets. I just needed to love myself for who I was and appreciate myself for who I was in that moment. And also definitely like appreciate and acknowledge the woman that I am becoming because I kind of like her. She's a she's a boss ass. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Um, and so I've definitely in this season of singleness have been really intentional about falling in love with who I am and really 
falling in love with the woman I'm becoming and molding that and making sure that it's in alignment with the goals that I have and the purpose that I have in in like God and all of that stuff. Another thing that I was really focused in in my season of singleness um, was giving myself grace to learn. Uh, many, many years ago, uh, I think I, I stopped giving myself the grace to make mistakes while I learn. And I felt like I needed to understand and know everything about everything. I was the friend who everybody came to for relationship advice. I was the friend that people came to uh, to hear all the juicy juicies about like life. And just like, I felt like I put myself under a lot of pressure to always have a solution, always have a a plan for everything and always be the friend who had everything together. And uh, one of the last relationships that I had actually ended up going south because I knew I needed to leave that relationship. But I also felt like I couldn't leave because there was this immense amount of pressure to make the relationship work. Because when you're the friend who gives everybody advice, there's an expectation that if you're giving advice, then obviously your relationship is good. And that's not to say um, that's like a, a... generalization for everybody but that's the vibe that I got from I guess from the people that I had around me or what I inferred from um, the conversations that I had with everyone around me so I stayed in a relationship for longer than I was um, I should have and it ended up leaving some very detrimental scars in 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 my life and things that I honestly have to like consciously think about and work on even now like three or four years later. So I think one of the things I was really focused on learning within the season of singleness was just giving myself grace to learn. I don't know everything. I can advise people on things that I know. But at the end of the day, if things aren't working, they're not working. If, you know, I get something wrong, that's fine. I don't know everything. And I can give myself the grace to learn and apologize when I get something wrong. But also just like forgive myself when I was really looking forward to doing something and it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. So that's the second thing that I think I was really intentional about doing within the season of singleness. Um, The last thing, I think in terms of the important things, the last super important thing that I was really working on this season of singleness was understanding what desirability looked like for me. When I first came to um, my university that I'm at right now, um, I realized that there was a change in attractiveness. Even um, when I moved to my high school in the UK, um, I wasn't the conventional pretty girl anymore. Not to say that when I was back home, I was the pretty girl, but I never felt unattractive just by existing. There was always something that you could do to be an attractive person um, when I was back home. But when I moved to the UK, um, I think I didn't really uh, like fully grasp it because I was in a relationship for basically majority of um, my time in the UK. But when I did move to university and I was single out here in these streets, I realized that I wasn't the conventional standard of beautiful. And it really took a kick at my self-esteem. Um, 
without realizing it subconsciously i think i just realized i wasn't the person who was being desired you would go to parties with friends and there was always a type of girl who was chosen at those parties there was always a type of girl who everybody wanted to dance to dance with or exchange numbers with and i wasn't that girl i was the girl who you were friends with the girl you invited to places who had the really pretty friends um I think there's a book that I read that talks about the duff um the uh big ugly fat friend or something like that the something like that the duff I will link the book in the comments section um but I felt like I was that I was the friend who would always stay in the friend zone I was the girl who was really funny and really intelligent um but because of that I felt like I was intimidating people and so I was like okay my standards might be a little bit too high so maybe if I lower down my standards I will become more desirable to um other people um unfortunately that didn't quite work out as I had planned it to and I realized when I did lower down my standards I became desirable but not to the people that I wanted to be desirable to and I ended up uh mangled with people that under normal circumstances would have never gotten a chance um but that's something that I had to learn um and really just understand that it was a process that I needed to have gone through and I'm grateful now for it uh but during my season of singleness I really wanted to understand what desirability looked like for me what does it mean to be desirable um and I realized that part of desirability was for me to just desire myself to desire to love myself to desire to you know just be happy in the body that I'm in be happy in the size that I'm in the face that I have the teeth that I have the nose my hands my feet like little things that I'm insecure about I don't think there's anything wrong with having insecurities but if your insecurities basically run your life I think that it becomes really problematic so I just really wanted to understand desirability and i think throughout the journey i got to learn that desirability was more than just physical looks we have a lot of really conventionally beautiful people um around me i've got some gorgeous friends just absolutely gorgeous friends and i mean like bodies on fleek face what like are you dumb my friends are gorgeous i have people around me who are just like amazing 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 people but if beauty is all that you have that is not enough to sustain a relationship at least in the long term so desirability becomes more about what you can bring and what you can offer and how the other person can bring and offer you things and how you can complement those skills with one another and so those are for me i think so far the three main um ideas and lessons that i felt like i needed to learn in my season of singleness before i went and pursued any kind of dating of any capacity um i've been single for i want to say like 
close to three years now, like not pursuing anybody, no nothing, like no sex, no kissing, nothing like that. Like I've been like single, single, no dating, no dating apps, nothing. Literally just me, myself, living my best life, doing the thing. So basically, uh, about uh, two weeks ago, I decided I have had my season of singleness. I feel like I've reached a point now where I'm ready to date. I feel confident. I feel, you know, just excited to find a person. It is now time for me to explore the options that are available for me out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a strong, independent black woman who knows exactly what she needs, who knows what she wants. So I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to get myself a mandem and it's going to be a wife ting. Um, dramatic. But I legitimately was just like, I feel like it's time for me to start dating. I've been single for a hot second. I'm happy being single. I'm happy where I'm at. But I think like it's time I challenge myself and get out of this, out of my comfort zone. So basically, I was like, bet, what dating site can I join? Let's do it. So I actually joined Hinge. Now, for those of you who might not know what Hinge is, I'm going to give you a little bit of an education. So Hinge is basically a dating app where um, you basically just meet people. It's almost like a Bumble or a, you know, a Plenty of Fish, which I will actually be talking about after this. But um, that's basically what Hinge is. It's just a way to meet people online. It's a really good app. I would highly recommend it. I am not sponsored, but Hinge, if you want to sponsor me, hit your girl up. But the thing with Hinge, right, is you meet some real sophisticated dudes. Like, I mean, like just... All the guys I was talking to were bankers and, you know, they were in real estate or they had companies or they just had things going on. You know what I mean? And there I was like just being like, wow, they're actually like fine men out here in these streets who have jobs, who have things going on for them. This is amazing. The only problem with Hinge, though and I maybe I'm the only one, and maybe it's the way that I was choosing people. But I had the worst experience with guys who just didn't understand that women can do things without dudes. And it was just like misogynoir everywhere, just misogyny, just like ratatata everywhere, everywhere. There was just like a sprinkle of misogyny in everything. And I was just like, yeah, this is the ghetto. So I'll give you guys an example. There's a day that I was talking to somebody on the phone because I'm one of those people who just really enjoys having phone call conversations. So I give this guy my number. I'm like, okay, let's talk. And throughout the conversation, we are talking about things and he'll be he'll just like interject and be like, actually, women are like this and women like this. And and I'm just like, okay, first of all, don't interrupt me. Like, don't be rude about it. But also, are you a woman who understands what all women do? All of them. All women. Not some women, but all women. And I was just confused. I was just like, sir, I understand what you're saying, but 
not all women are like that. And he was like, no, all women, all women are like this. And I was just like, okay, fine, whatever. Maybe I'm just so used to being like this independent woman that I fully don't understand how the world works these days. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna let it slip. And then I had another conversation with somebody else. And this guy pulled up with, oh, I don't do dates. And now listen, I understand that um, not everybody is about that date life. And I, I, like, I definitely understand that there are women out there who don't want guys who can take them out on dates. But when I asked him to justify why he doesn't do dates... The answer that I got was very, um, women are, he explained his ideal date to be a date where a woman comes to his house, cooks for him, and then services him in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. And I was like, okay, so what about that makes it a date for you? Because I was genuinely, like, I was genuinely trying to understand. And how do you plan on, you know, reciprocating for the other party? Will you do, like, will it be a thing where, like, you plan dates and she plans dates and then it's, like, an equal thing? Okay, these were his exact words. He said, no, African men don't do that. That's some white people shit. And I was like, so I think I need to leave because... I don't understand how being chivalrous and opening doors. Okay, I'm obviously I'm saying this story outside of the context in which it was said. We spoke about um, a lot of like things like uh, opening doors. I like my doors being opened. Um, that's something that my dad does. That's something that my little brother does for me when I'm back back home. Like my drivers do that. Like that's something that I've grown up experiencing. So yeah. I expect somebody to open a door for me. Like, even with um, guy friends that I have sometimes. Like, okay, just open the door. Like, it doesn't... You don't You don't miss anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, we were talking about um, women being ambitious and, like, wanting to run businesses and, like, maybe getting married later than um, they did in the past and all of that stuff. And... It was just like every time you would say something, it would be like, no, but women can't do this and women can't do that. And women can't be in positions of power. Women can't be running for things. Women can't. And I just I felt like raw, man, women, according to you, women just are meant to live in a house, be looked after by their husband and just wait to be smashed like how is that something that people hold within the 21st century? Anyway, so I had a couple of those dates where you had guys who were basically just like, women's place is in the bedroom. I hate that women these days think they can say whatever they want and they, they, they feel liberated to do all these things. Women these days don't respect men. And like some of it, like fair, granted, like examples were given. I definitely understood in those contexts. But when it's then like overly generalized to other people, I was just like, you can miss me with that, sir, because ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, so I took a little bit of a break. I reconfigured, like thought, okay, what are the things I'm looking for? in a partner what are some of the things I'm willing to take what are the things I'm not willing to take because I don't think those were real concepts that I had thought about before going into um hinge so I really sat down and thought okay what are the things that I care about 
What are the things that I can work on? What are some of the things I ask people for feedback? What are things that you like about me? What are things that you don't like about me? Um, if you were to go on a date with me, what are things you would improve? Like that kind of thing. I wanted to get feedback and basically just figure out um, how I dating forward, going forward in dating could be better. Um, so after getting all of that information and obviously talking to my girlfriends and some of my guy friends about just like dating in general, I decided I'm going to give dating another shot and I decided to join, um, Plenty of Fish. Now my Plenty of Fish experience has been an interesting one. I mean, straight out the gate, the app itself was a actual mess. Now, the way Plenty of Fish is set up, right, it's, it doesn't look like a very modern site. Um, at first, I was like, this is how people get catfished and they die. This is how someone will now find somebody who doesn't look like the person that they were supposed to be. And here I am looking like one snackaroonie from somewhere, meeting with someone who I don't know from a site that looks low-key sketchy. So at first, I thought I was bugging out. And then I went and I checked the reviews on um, the App Store. And it was the Plenty of Fish, the real one, the actual, actual one. So anyways, so I joined it within the first hour of joining. I am like bombarded by people. Which actually leads me to an observation that I made of the difference between Hinge and Plenty of Fish. Is that there's a, there are different kinds of people who join both sites. So what I'm beginning to notice is that the people on Hinge have a very um, relaxed fashion to dating. They are, yeah, I'm just trying to get to know you. They're the, oh, baby girl, like, let's just talk. Let's just see where it goes. They're not very, like, forthcoming. It's very just like, yeah, you know, it's whatever. We're just trying to see what, what, what we do. Whereas on Plenty of Fish, y'all, I'm not even kidding you, you will be two sentences into the conversation and someone will be like, yo, ma, let's go on a date. I don't want to waste my time. Let's go on a date, which is something that is so unique that I've never experienced before. This actually leads me to the next thing that I wanted to talk about. I'm realizing that because I haven't been dating for such a long time, I don't know what dating looks like anymore. Like, I am struggling to get myself outside of the mindset of being single and getting into the mindset of having another person that I talk to on a daily basis that checks up on me who wants to know what's going on with my life. I am finding that concept so bizarre because I'm having people being like, yo, why aren't you responding to my texts? And I'm like, uh, because I've never had to do this in the last couple of years of my life. And it's so weird because I'm just like, like, how do you move from not knowing somebody to like wanting to text them every day? That's so weird to me. Like, can somebody explain if I'm bugging out, please call me out in the comment section. I want to know what you guys think because I genuinely believe like in my heart of hearts, deep down inside, I'm like I feel like 
everybody on Plenty of Fish is trying to wife somebody. And I'm not ready to be wifed like that yet. And everybody is just like, yo, I'm trying to talk to you every day. I want to talk to you every moment. I want to just be with you. I just want to I just want to be there. And I'm just like, no, you don't even know me, bro. Like, what? So maybe it's just a commitment issue in me and I just have like commitment issues. But that's something I've really been thinking about that I've been polishing a lot of the skills that I have to be independent and um, learning to take risks on my own and really like working on the skills that benefit me and me and my independence that I've also in turn neglected the skills that I need to be able to be dependent on other people, not dependent in a negative way, but just have space in my life for other people to just be and exist um, in my life. So that's something I'm I'm really having to think about. I've had some people just ask me some really um, hard questions, if I could say, that have really made me think about why I want to date again because I'm low-key saying I want to date again but I'm also moving like a person who wants to just be a single girl out here in these streets so I'm trying to find a way to kind of meet in the middle where I still have my independence and I feel like I still have that level of independence and and just freedom but also I'm leaving enough room for somebody else to come in and just like be a part of that experience with me and so I'll keep you guys posted on how things are going in that department the next thing I want to talk about um, is I have a couple of questions that people have asked me um and also some reddit questions because I kind of want to incorporate Uh, little like questions and dilemmas in these podcasts so the first question is actually from reddit and it's uh the title is online dating in 2020 and it says is it safe to assume online dating in 2020 is dead or do i just have seriously shitty luck since i seem to only get matched with fake accounts so obviously homegirl didn't ask me this but i'm gonna answer it as if she asked me Um, And I personally uh, think that online dating is not dead. I definitely think that uh, it's something that people are going to be using a lot more. And we can definitely see um, with things like the global pandemic of 2020 um, with COVID-19, where people basically had to stay indoors and they couldn't meet people outdoors and like do stuff that could help them meet people I think the more um we get accustomed to using social media and connecting with people virtually the more we're going to get comfortable and continue to use online dating so I definitely think that online dating is going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger um in years to come and I think there are definitely a lot of people with fake accounts out here in these streets. I will do story times about it in another podcast and I might even just get like a couple of friends to come in and we can talk about like dating horror stories and stuff like that. But I definitely think that they are really amazing people that you can meet online. I know there's some people that I've legitimately spoken to and even though at the end the conversation wasn't like it 
it died down a natural progressive death um i do know that like after that i left me like oh i didn't even know people like that existed that's really dope and so i definitely think sis stay on that online dating if it's not for you take a break um you can go meet people in actual life you know libraries bars um hiking getting food you know places where people are you can meet people there so to answer your question no online dating is not dead and i am so sorry that you have to experience a whole lot of fake accounts um people with fake accounts i'm calling you out okay you need to sit down and get yourself a life because it's hard enough out here in these streets without you guys being fake okay just show us who you are okay thank you so much we really appreciate it okay so the next question is i think i'm gonna do another reddit question because reddit is out here like just making me live my best life okay so the title is bummed out got ghosted after what i thought was a great date Okay, so the person says, I was chatting with a lady for a couple of weeks and we were finally about to go on a date. A date, the date lasted 10 hours. Lunch, dinner with a trip to the museum. The next day, we exchanged some messages and then nothing. Some days, I wish I wouldn't try. Yo, that sucks. And I think... This is something I'm realizing now is probably why people on Plenty of Fish are so adamant on like meeting you in person and getting your number and FaceTiming you and calling you in person. Because I would hate for you to be talking to someone for weeks or months and then having a date with them. That lasts like forever and you think everything is like peachy and roses. And then afterwards, the person has the audacity not to even text you back or just say, yo, it was nice, but you're not the one. They ghost you. Bruh. Guys, we need to do better. Okay, ladies, we got to do better. I know it's difficult to have those conversations, but we got to do better. We really got to do better. Like I'm reading some of these comments down below and I'm just like... Wow, this is the ghetto. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but like, yo, like really and truly, you'll be talking to somebody for months and then they'll just disappear. How does that even? Okay, let's simmer it down. Um, The next question that I had from my um, Instagram was... What has been your experience dating in 2020? And that was a question that was directed to me. So for me, my experience so far has been that we got a lot of like creepos out here in these streets. Um, With all due respect to the people I've spoken to, but a number of the guys I've spoken to have legitimately just... uh, Boundaries are so important, and I know I'm going to flip-flop around this question, but I'll get to the point in a bit. Boundaries are so important, and I'm realizing that with online dating, um, if you don't set boundaries from the beginning, people can encroach into boundaries 
that um, they think are okay, but you know in your heart are not okay. And if you're not careful, you end up doing things that you don't want to do because you think that the other person will like it better or, you know, you think that you'll get with it eventually. And that's not, first of all, that's not safe. And secondly, that's not healthy for you because you don't want to end up being in a relationship with this person where they think you're open to things that you're not open to or they think that you are okay with things that you're not okay with and that's a deal breaker for them. And then one day you wake up and you're like, actually, I don't like this. And they're like, well, that's a deal breaker for me. So set boundaries early. Make sure you're being really forthcoming. You'd rather have a situation where somebody um leaves within the first like 10 minutes of the conversation um and obviously like use wisdom when you are setting the boundaries there are certain things that you don't just tell a stranger because that's just like too much information um right when you're getting to know somebody but the important things that are really um important fundamental deal breakers for you I think you can find ways to weave them into conversations right at the beginning of um, your talking stage so that's like one thing I think I'm beginning to learn about dating in the 2020 era it's very much learning how to communicate um, effectively but also learning how to set boundaries when you do want to talk about certain things. And if you know what I'm talking about, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, I was going to say you can comment it below, but I don't, it's not PG, and I haven't given you guys a disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast. So, um, yes, if you know, you know. If you don't know, slide into my DMs, you can talk about it. And if you're an, a family member, don't even come to me I'm not having this conversation with you unless you're my age and we have these kinds of conversations then we can we can talk about it but I think you already know where this conversation is going in it so um yeah it's important to set boundaries from the jump let a person know what your deal breakers are what things you're willing to take and what things you aren't willing to take and even having said that um a really important question that somebody asked me um the other day was do I plan on remaining celibate um, as I go through this dating experience? And that's something that I had to think about because I haven't had to think about it because I haven't been dating anybody. Not to say that I was celibate because I was single, but uh, I wanted to really think about the reason why I was still remaining celibate. And frankly, I haven't quite come up with a decision on that yet. And so... Maybe that's a conversation that I need to have with the person that I'm dating or seeing or talking to and just making it clear that for now, that's something that's off the table. And I've had, sorry, I just hit my mic. I've had conversations with people where I have said that and they've been like, well, I am here to smash and that's okay. That's what they want and they're making it known, but that's not what I want. And so you can, you know, you can carry your load and you can't leave. Um... So again, it comes down to boundaries and communication. And so that's one thing that I'm learning from this online dating experience. That's something that is really important that I'm, I've been enjoying and I've been learning um, about online dating in 2020. 
Um, the next question that I had is, do you uh, swipe to like, I don't know if it's left or right. Do you swipe to like the person that you think will like you back? Or do you swipe on people that you like unsure of whether they like you back so that's a question for you guys as well um do you like people who you think will like you or do you like people that you like even though they might not like you that's a really interesting question i think for me i am realizing that i swipe on people who i think are going to like me there are certain people where I won't swipe on them because I think they're too pretty. And I'm like, I'm definitely out of their league. I don't know if anybody else does this. So let me know if this is a thing that happens. But I'm, I hadn't thought about it and I'm thinking about it now. And for real, for real, I think that's what I do. I swipe on people, I look at them, I look at their profile, I'm like, okay, would this person swipe back? Yeah, okay, let's swipe on those. Also, on Plenty of Fish, they have this thing where somebody can like you before you swipe on them. And I'm realizing that at the beginning, I was liking or swiping on liking people who already liked me, whether I liked them or not, which puts a lot of pressure on you as a person, but also self-control and I'm realizing that I think I just need to learn how to do online dating better that's it that's there's a lot of learning to do but I'm only two weeks in um yeah so that's something to think about uh let me know in the comment section what you think about that are you liking people who already like you just because they like you and it's easy and you don't have to get rejection? Or are you liking people because you think they will like you back? Or are you liking people just because you like them and you don't care whether they like you or they don't like you? Let me know down below. Okay, so this is the last thing, right? I had a conversation with one of my girls last night and we were talking about when somebody asks you for more information so that you guys can chat outside of the um, dating app, what information do you give them? Do you give them your number? Do you give them your Snapchat? Do you give them your Instagram? What do you, do you give them your email? What do you give them? I give people my number because I feel like with a number, I can block you and unblock you as I wish. Um, that's also assuming that things go badly and I need to block you. But theoretically speaking, if there is need for me to block you, I can block you, right? So I give people my phone number because for the most part, my phone number is re- isn't really out there. So even if you Googled it, you couldn't find me, okay? But I don't give people my Instagram because my Instagram is basically attached to everything. Like my business, my family, all of that. I feel like it's so personal. I just can't give people my Instagram or my Facebook or my Snapchat. My Snapchat is for like deep people, my friends, my 
like shahomies. I don't even think I have family on my Snapchat. So why would I now then go give a stranger my Snapchat and give them access to basically like my private life? But I also had a conversation with um another girl who said she would give somebody her Instagram or her Snapchat before her number because she said, again, there's that certain level of control where you can block the person and you can get rid of them. Whereas with her phone number, it, even if she blocks them, they have access to her number. And now you can just change your phone number and call me on a different number. And that's something I hadn't thought about, but... Yeah, as something I'm really curious about, like, what is the natural progression? Do you give people your number? Do you give them your social media? What are some of the advantages and disadvantages of doing stuff like that? Let me know down in the comment section below. Um, so we have come to the end of our episode for today. So thank you so much for listening to a Fudzo Productions podcast. Follow us on social media at Fuzzo Productions. That is F-A-D-Z-O-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S. And check out our website for more amazing content at Fuzzo Media Productions. And I have been your host, Miss Fuzzo in the Building, a.k.a. Rob Fuzzo Mongwari. And now go out there and live your best life.